Welcome to the Mammoth Games Cast. I am one of your hosts, Night Swarm, back this week. With me, we got Austin. What up? And Brian. Buongiorno. I said Night Swarm again. I said Night Swarm again. Jay. I'm so used to it. We have like, it's almost like a habit I'm trying to break, and I was off for a week. So, you know, things. Uh, but welcome to the Mammoth Games Cast. Um,. If you guys get the chance, as always, you can head over to facebook.com backslash Mammoth Games Inc. Check out all the top news and video game junk over there. We appreciate all the likes, comments, and shares as well over on Twitter uh, at Mammoth Games Inc. So when we go live, do stuff just like this. Um, we're going to jump right into the news. Uh, if you guys don't know, we do our weekly show going over all the news. Uh, and then as well, we do a monthly show going over everything that's coming up. Uh, video game wise as well what comes with your uh, fancy subscriptions you guys are paying for and you forgot about um, so uh, why don't we just jump right into the news um, I, I saw this article and I immediately thought of Austin uh, I don't know why I think of you when I think of uh, Amy Henning I think it's just because we've talked yeah. about her so much yeah. um, we've been tracking yeah. her uh, career which has just been insanely quiet basically since uh uh, Uncharted, right? Yeah. It was crazy. She's been pushed around so much just trying to get something awesome going. And it, so many good projects have been started. She was supposed and to here do... here we have another... She was supposed to do, like, project. that EA open world Star Wars game at one point, right? Yep. Yeah. Right. Right. So, yeah, um, she's... Uh, that's definitely, like, that was a big trend. And we've talked about it a lot on the show in various episodes where, like, um, there were these... A, a bunch of, like... Uh, not the company Rockstar, but like Rockstar um, developers and story writers and producers and all kinds of stuff. Um, and a lot of them just kind of got like shelved. Like mm -hmm. we just didn't hear anything from a lot of these people for years because they were either getting hired by like Amazon Game Studios and not allowed to release anything for a decade or Valve or uh, it was super weird. And like... Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to think of some other people, for example. Uh, Jade Raymond um, just kind of, like, vanished from the industry until recently. So, like, yeah. you know, it's it's cool to see, finally, um, a little bit of detail through Skydance Media, uh, who is working on a AAA story-driven Marvel game. That's interesting. Which is also interesting because I don't think we've I... talked about it. I don't think anybody played it, but apparently the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy game is really good. That's what I've heard. Yeah, I haven't I have had a chance to dive into that. Same, yeah. same. I, I've I've thought about it, but I've I've really kept my eyes off of it to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't really seen. I, I I'll think pick it up on a sale. I've seen, uh, the most I've seen is someone saying the uh, what was it the the Twitter um, uh, people that are like, "Can I pet the dog?" And oh. it's like, yes, you can pet the space llama. And I'm like, oh, cool. It has a space llama. So I think that's the biggest spoiler I've got so far. Love that. There's a yeah, space I've seen that too. llama. And you can so, pet it. So, uh, you know. So it's, she's not working on that. <laughs> no, she's not working on She's that. working on was... something else unannounced. What is their... Le Jesus, if she's making a... Uh, I hear Eternals is just absolutely shitting the bed in theaters. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, if she's working on an Eternals game, RIP. It's been nice knowing you. Um... So my money you gotta think about like what is she good at and they're putting they're setting this up to be something that she is that's in her wheelhouse. Probably yeah. some character that's like on par with like a Nathan Nathan Drake style archetype would be my guess. Solo. Yeah, I mean, yeah, who could that who could that be? 
She should be working on the Bethesda um, space RPG. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> Moon Knight. I, I could see Tony Stark doing like an Iron Man game. Maybe. Because they've been I, trying to push Iron Man. So I guess they had the Iron Man VR. Right, for PlayStation. Like Iron I, Man games have never really held up. I think, I think they're trying to... I, we got the boom of the movies, you know, of getting all of these movies. They're kind of like a sequential thing. Mm. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy actually surprised me a little bit. I was like, why are they doing Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah. And I, in my mind, I was like, are, are they strong enough? Like, as far as the movies go, I, I'm just not a big Guardians of the Galaxy fan. Maybe it's just not for me. Yep. Um, I agree. But video game-wise, that can bring people around. For me, it's, um, for me, it's the opposite. I love the Guardians movies, but uh, but I also agree with you that, like, I can see the big potential of doing that style of game. So, I, I wonder if they're going to use this to open people's eyes to different heroes that they might have forgot about. Or maybe not even heroes, heroes and anti-heroes that they may have forgot about uh, or never really knew. Like before Guardians of the Galaxy's uh, movie started rolling out, I mean, I I was aware of them, but I didn't know anything yeah. about them. And I and I'm an avid comic comic collector. Right. They're just not in you know not in that that area that that I would read. Well, I guess like um, the question would be is like what Marvel comic book character could you see where? probably going to be doing uh rpg style leveling up kind of thing where they're potentially upgrading their gear or their abilities or something and i yeah yeah that's a good question that would be like what i would start with where we're trying to figure out what kind or which character that they would be trying to make uh a game for here and like I can see so, it with Guardians of the Galaxies because you know they got space equipment they can upgrade their space equipment. I'm guessing it's like right. I said, haven't played the game yet. So um, the reason why I say Iron Man, he's always upgrading his suits. So that's something that allows right. you to become more and more powerful as you progress through the game. Um, that makes sense. Doctor I, Strange I, I could have... be another one where you're constantly upgrading your magic abilities and learning new uh, spells and stuff like that. That's something that I do have. There. I do have two that I think would be fun. I, I said Moon Knight. Moon you know, Knight could be fun. I was jokingly going to say that too. <laughs> Not um, but the, the the two that I want to throw out there, Punisher and Daredevil. Those, those would be good ones. Okay. Um, I think Punisher They could, could definitely do, maybe they could do like, uh, what's the crew from like Hell's Kitchen, New York? What are they called? The like Defenders. The Defenders. The defenders. Yeah. They could do a Defenders. So that would be... That would be um, doable. That'd be uh, uh, Daredevil, Jones. Um, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist. I, we might have to rethink Discord. <laughs> yeah, Discord's not not working well for. Ho- hopefully, probably hopefully just me. I went robot again, didn't I? Get you Windows did. Eleven. Yeah, yeah, it'll fix everything. I hear. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, so I, I don't know. I don't know who yeah. else could really fit that. Um, I mean, we have a really, really solid Spider-Man game that I yep. don't think that there's going to be any... Like, there's definitely going to be no competition for that. And as well, there's pretty like slim chance of like crossover with that. But we do have the Midnight Suns um, as, as something that's mm-hmm. on the on the horizon. That's right. Yep. Um, Avengers is still hanging out. We've got Guardians of the Galaxy. And I'm like, who fits that mold? Because I feel like... 
I, I don't know. Like maybe Skydance could work with, um, you know, c- could work with the teams that are, uh, you know, doing things like Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy. I think they yeah. could fit together. I don't think Sony is the one that would. What yeah, if you know lend? Since Sony's been getting quite a few of the Marvel exclusive, what if this ends up becoming like an Xbox console exclusive? Yeah, so I, I would say maybe distance itself from those New York based places, huh? Right. Mm-hmm. And what they're getting um, a Wolverine game as well, right? Yep. So it seems so you pretty... pretty much count out X Men, right? And uh, the Marvel again. Or, sorry, the PlayStation copies of Marvel's Avengers is getting Spider-Man exclusively as a character to play as at some point. Yeah. But they're doing some interesting stuff with Midnight Suns. I mean, that's got Doctor Strange, that's mm-hmm. got um, Blade, which is yeah. really, really cool. Ghost Rider is amazing. I'm excited um, for that game. And a whole brand new character. But they did say that this would... Um, it's an original story. Mm-hmm. So do you think they'll go original hero? That could be cool. Well, I Where mean, you customize your own hero and then some like more well-known people show up. I mean, well, they're doing that for Midnight that. Suns is that they're making a, an original hero for that. Yeah, it was... Um, they, they did that with that that X-Men game, um, X-Men Destiny. Okay. And and it, it flopped. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it didn't flop. It is kind of tough, like... Um, it's tough because, like, in Marvel, the the main... How do I want to say this? The main, like, pitch is, oh, look, it's, like, the X-Man that you like, right? And, like, right. that's that's the right. main way that you get attention and, and um, interest in it. So, like, to have a custom character, I think, is the, like, ideal, intelligent way forward. But I can see why that can be hard. Right. I can see why pitching a game, hey, it's this franchise that you love and it's all the things you're familiar with, but the things that you like aren't in it. You know? Like you don't play as who you want. You so the thing idiot. the thing that really does it for me is the environment that mm-hmm. these people are in. Like I have an environment that I love in all of my comics. I want to see everything be urban. Mm-hmm. I, yep. I I I love the urban environments. I hate the things that and it's it's part of the reason that there's certain things with like Avengers that kind of fall off for me. Um, I don't like the things that are more um, like I don't think I don't like the things that are like really high tech. So like Iron Man kind of doesn't do it for me. You want and yeah. I don't like the things that are so far the other way, like um, uh, like Wakanda. You want things uh, that I, you can just, personally so relate to that it, it's it's identifiable to you is not it's everyday technology, everyday settings, and so you can immerse yourself into that world a little bit easier because you're surrounded right. by that kind of stuff and you can relate to it. Yeah, and, and you know, that's just what you kind of grew up with. Like or I grew up with. Mm-hmm. Um I think actually video games helped that a lot with stuff like City of Heroes and Villains growing up. It was all pretty much urban environments that were mm-hmm. destroyed by something and you're the hero or the villain that's here to help or hinder, you know? Yeah. So, it's interesting. Uh, a lot of a lot of things. They, they have said um, it's an original story. Um, 
you know, with uh, humanity, complexity, humor uh, that make all the Marvel characters so enduring. Um, but it, yeah, they, they didn't say if they're well, like what what they're going forward with. Um, oh, I just had an idea. Um, What's that? Say go like gravitate back to my one suggestion where it's Doctor Strange. And it gives you, it starts you off, you're at the um, Sanctum Sanctora, or I probably just mispronounced that, so forgive me on that. Um, and you have the urban setting, but then it does a thing like uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, where you're going into other alternate dimensions and stuff like that. So you can do both ur- mm. a familiar urban, but you're getting all these... Uh, outlandish and unique environments that you would only see through traveling different dimensions as Doctor Strange. That's interesting. Yeah. And like, it's a something's going on I, with around his area of New York City. So it's not all of New York. It's just an area that he's cast a spell at to quarantine a section of New York to contain whatever is going on. Mm hmm. I just decided that it's a um, Cable and Deadpool game. That would hey, be great and, too. And, 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 and my mind, my mind can't be changed now because <laughs> I want to see, I want to see baby Cable running through and Deadpool trying to be a babysitter. Oh man, that would be great. Good stuff. Um, so yeah, that that is um, definitely one of the bigger um, announcements of the week, especially with it, you know being wrapped around a Marvel project. Everyone's like, "Holy cow." Um, so yeah, we'll see what comes to that. I'm sure, <clears throat> I'm sure we'll get, um, I'm sure we'll get some news about that uh, before the end of the year. I would imagine at some point someone will maybe a game awards have announcement something to say about this. Yeah, I could very yeah. well see this be a game awards announcement. Wasn't the That's Marvel Avengers announcement a game awards announcement, or was that an E3 announcement? Where the like the original one where they were panning across like the shield and Mjolnir and stuff like that. I, I, I don't remember. That was so but long ago. Game Game Awards Game Awards is you know, Jeff's got his hands in all those uh, uh, greasy details. Right. So yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't be surprised. All right. Um, the other big thing uh, was the PlayStation State of Play announcement roundup that we'll run through. Um, I, I think we're in. Uh, I think we're all in kind of an agreement that there this wasn't uh was wasn't massive you know what i mean it this wasn't, wasn't missed for me what we ex- what we expected i think the biggest so, thing um, was the bug snacks dlc that yeah. i saw and that was about <laughs> it <laughs> i don't think that was the biggest thing for me so that's that's interesting um i think the biggest thing for me was um uh first class trouble i think that looks that looks fun um that's the it's basically like um, everyone plays it. Uh, among Us. Okay. Hmm. It's basically Among Us, but one person, and it's yeah. a free. You know, it's it's going to be a free upcoming game, but uh, for PlayStation Plus. But yeah, one person's a robot pretending to be a citizen on the ship, and everyone else are citizens, and everyone has goals, and you're trying to do it. You don't know who to trust, who not to trust. Um, so I thought that looked fun. Uh, but that was um, something they talked about. Talked about all of the free games that are coming up. Check out our other podcast. We'll dive into that a bit more. 
Yep. Um, and this isn't really in any sort of specific order. Um, the last big thing they showed off, though, was Star Ocean, uh, the Divine Force. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Did I, I, I don't think anyone in this crowd is nope. a Star Ocean fan. No. Couldn't say that. I've tried a couple of them in the PS2 era. It's just not my thing. Yeah, I, I've tried. I've tried a few, and um, I, I'm just. I think my issue is uh, they they survived in the PS2 era and did so well because of the limited technology. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I they just never think, moved on. Yeah, I don't think they've moved on. Um, yep. But they do have an audience. You know, some people do really like like these games, and they look fine. It looks like uh, they have interesting environments. But I can see the character animation of the character running. And I already know what this game feels like. Yep. Um, and that's something that's really weird, too, just talking about the whole state of play. Like, mm-hmm. it, it seems... And again, we'll talk about this uh, when we do our, our uh, releases episode. But it seems like we are... Like, by the end of the year, there will be a PlayStation announcement of next-gen uh, VR. Mm-hmm. And it, it's... They, I mean, they sort of have to at this point. Well, they've announced and, quite a few things about VR, you know, the next iteration right. without actually announcing the next the iteration. VR, like what the VR rig is. So, right. like, it, this this state of play seemed kind of too early or too late. Like, it was in the wrong time slot. Like, yeah, yeah. why not just release the one talking about VR? I mean, they they announced what. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. <laughs> yeah. Like, why waste your time on that? It's, and the PlayStation it seems like a wasted effort. The PlayStation Plus lineup was like, here's your cool PlayStation Plus games you expect, and also we got some cool VR stuff that you'll be able to grab for free. Mm. Not hinting at anything or you know whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a little it's weird, little sus. Um. But yeah, uh, Star Ocean was definitely one of the big things that they ended with. Um, yeah, Brian, you alluded to um, Bug Snacks, the Isle of Big Snacks. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, let me see. There we go. I was just looking up a video for it just because this game is so good. It's so fun. Um, and this update, uh, of course, coming out will be free. Nice. You'll just be able to get right in there. I, I think they're going to have some um, fun updates to how you will, um, you know, end up completing some of these tasks with creatures that you were used to before. Right. But obviously they're much bigger, so there's going to be... A lot of a lot of changes, and then as well, it kind of shows their um, kind of their flexibility of like, hey, we should have thought of this probably with the main game because it's really funny, right? Uh, yeah. But we didn't. It's almost kind of like the outtake or director stuff that they just couldn't quite fit into like the main premise of the game, but it's like this is too good not to give out. Yeah. 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 Uh, so big update coming there uh did it drop when that is early 2022 big free update um let's see uh oh yeah let it die is getting something um uh, weird something weird and new called death verse um 
I, I, I looked at it and I was like, okay, because I really liked, I, I actually really liked Let It Die. It was a, um, that, was, that was a tough game, to be honest. Um, it, it was kind of like a, uh, like almost like a Souls game, a very difficult action game. Um, and I was watching this from the beginning and I'm like, what are we doing here? This looks crazy, but it looks familiar. And uh, it definitely has a, uh, kind of like a style of its own so I'm really hoping that they've uh, kind of worked on worked on some of those things and I'm hoping to see some um, improvements if this is anywhere even close to something like um, like the surge or something like that I think this yeah. game could definitely be a, um, a hit with some of those people that are kind of thirsting for uh, something souls oriented yeah it's definitely interesting it's goofy um, the game's just straight up goofy yeah. And that's what's fun about it. What's the point of games if not to have fun, right? Exactly. Yeah. So. Now, the the original game, um, there was an escalator that took you to like floor one, and then from All there right. you just I go. You say Florida, I got really nervous. Yeah. Well, it could be in Florida. No, that's I mean, the end. Game. <laughs> it looked post post apocalyptic, so it's very possible. <laughs> um. But yeah, you just progress through floors and then you find shortcuts and ways back. Elevators that take you back to the start so you can level up. Um, I do not know how many floors there were, but I know I went through a lot of them. Um, okay. And as well, there was a uh, a Grim Reaper with um, uh, those uh, glasses that you get from the back of like comic books that are supposed to be like x-ray mm -hmm. vision. Yeah. And, he, and, and he had a scythe and he was on a skateboard. It just... Had some weird stuff going on with it, um, but I don't really know what to expect from uh, Death Verse because you saw people walking on walls and you know gravity being flipped and stuff like that. So, yeah, that one's spring twenty twenty two. Hopefully, hmm. hopefully. Um, there was a few others in there just to kind of speed through a few of them. That, like I said, it wasn't. Um, it wasn't incredibly like surprising, but uh, they had um, We Are uh, OFK, which is like an episodic game based around a band. King of Fighters 15 beta test announcement. Um, there was Little Devil Inside. I think we've seen that one before a few times. Um, mm -hmm. I think a lot of people were predicting that this was going to be one of the main announcements for the state of play. Okay. Uh, yeah, it, it's something that I, I think we've seen a few times, but I don't really recall exactly what it is. Um, yeah, I'm checking out the video right now. It looks interesting. Um, okay, it's definitely not the game I thought it was. So yeah, it looks like... Um, it it kind of reminds me of... like uh, It has like an over an overworld that reminds me of like where the water tastes like wine mm, that's cool that's pretty cool I do like that but it has like that creepy yeah that that creepy aspect to it that's like um damn what's that game uh uh Little Nightmares mhm mm yeah um not as creepy as that this one has combat though um so okay. I don't know this one could be kind of fun uh I'm definitely interested to see what um, see what happens with this, just because it is kind of a um, 
it is just an interesting looking looking game in general. You, you don't see a ton of stuff that looks like this one. So definitely check out Little Devil Inside. Nice. Um, after that, um, let's see. First Class Trouble brings Among Us style metagaming to PlayStation Plus in November. There was a Five Nights at Freddy's uh, security breach uh, announcement talking about the release date, December 16th. Uh, Death Door? <laughs> Um, yeah. That one's coming November 23rd. Um, and then a free kart racer called Kart Rider Drift uh, announced for PS4. And that was pretty much it. Like you said, it kind of feels like there was something bigger looming overhead. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. It, it, who knows? Um, who knows what we're going to get? Um and you know going forward into the holiday season or just thereafter um it does feel a little weird though uh the holiday season does feel kind of light i don't know if you guys are feeling that like i'm looking at the games releasing as we'll have that that um monthly show as well um no i'm getting that impression too that it does feel kind of light i mean i'm looking at big games and i'm like okay there's Halo Infinite, which we're going to talk about next, and like also uh, Forza Horizon. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking. I'm like, what else am I interested in? That's yeah. Like, I mean, it's basically the it's yeah the yearlies, like the sports games, the big shooters, and everything. And that seems like it's pretty much going to be it. Yeah, that's weird. I feel like yeah. there's. I feel like we're missing something. But you know, with yeah. any luck, it'll get allow some of these other games to shine. You know, maybe something like Death Loop. Yeah. So, which is on sale? On sale. Yeah. So somebody may have picked that up on a discount. Hey, nice. All right, but speaking of Halo Infinite, um, Brian, that's all you. Craig the Brute got the glow up he deserved. Yes, he did. Oh, on He's Monday. Good. <laughs> yeah, he is. Gave him a mohawk and everything. Honestly, yeah. Everything that they showed on Monday when they debuted the campaign overview for the gameplay style it looks like the year that they took to work on that was very much needed and i Mm. am very happy with it granted i probably would have been happy with what they had originally but this just Mm. looks phenomenal what they've been able to do in this time frame yeah Yeah. oh go ahead no it's just a green oh yeah um but to go more into this, this was um, they teased a little bit more with the story about what's going on, but this was more about the gameplay style and overview of what to expect as far as the actual game for the campaign goes. And it's mm-hmm. the impression that I got, and I don't know if you guys got this as well, it feels like if they were taking the aspects of Far Cry and they were putting it into the Halo universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I I feel that as well. It does. It feels like they were they were trying to figure out like how can we modernize Halo in in a way that would be true to the original game, but as well familiar for <laughs> players. Because I feel like Halo that it it's it's a comfort food. It is you know, or a comfort mm-hmm. game for a lot of people. It it hundred percent is for me. I will go back to Master Chief Collection all the time just because I've played especially the campaigns of one and two and three 
so much. It's just one of those things that I love diving back into. And it's one of those games like when I was growing up, I love just booting it up and just looking around the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but this campaign overview, yeah, you, you, like I think um, I, I think you're right. You know, it it is uh, it does have that that kind of Far Cry feel. Uh, but playing the what were those like technical tests or whatever, mm-hmm. um, that was a lot of fun. Just seeing the way. Um, seeing the way that you can move around and and things that you can do um like the grappling hook perfect addition it feels good good. it feels so good to play and i think that's like what was the most important thing about all this is that it has a great gameplay feel to it that feels balanced you Mm -hmm. feel powerful but you can also be taken down too it it's all about balance, I think, when it comes to Halo gameplay at its core. That you may be facing off against a tank, but if you're if you think about it in the right ways, you can still overcome it. And I think that's basically what has always been true about the Halo games. Sure. But I mean I am so excited to see that this is the gameplay style that they're adopted because uh, as someone who personally loves the open world approach to um, video games, this is something that will definitely speak to me a lot. I love the idea of just uh, just flying around or driving around and going to outposts outpost full of Covenant forces and just taking them out in whatever way I feel would be fun. And I think, it, unfortunately, you're, we're not getting co-op uh, when when this game releases but when it does come out it's going to be a ton of fun to play with friends of you know groups of two or two to four and going to these outposts and trying to figure out how to take out these uh, areas and save these marines and they've hinted that each outpost is going to hold context clues of the story of what happened here on installation 07 zeta halo and all the things that are going on. And also yeah. going to the story bits here, they definitely show that there's going to be different types of enemies that um, are different, or I'm trying to think of the right way to say it. They're more boss-like than what we've had in previous Halo games. They'll actually have health bars, armor bars, shield bars that you'll have to try to take down. And that's, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's something I'm yeah. definitely excited for. They introduced yeah. a few um, brute and uh, elite bosses that they're going to do. And then they also hinted at more <laughs> Forerunner stuff, which I was excited to see because I wanted to see more about the Forerunner opposition um, after Halo 4, not so much with the Promethean robot dogs and stuff like that, but with like the actual Didact himself. And I was really kind of disappointed with the story approach that they went with all that, where they made you feel in the game that you took them out after the first game, but in actuality, they kill them off on in a comic book series. So um, it seems like they're introducing a new 
place in for whatever forerunner threat on top of the covenant well i shouldn't say covenant this is the banished now the covenant no longer exists um this is the enemy forces that you fought against in halo wars 2 okay so interesting i, I just i can't say enough about that grappling hook just because it's <laughs> it, it's, it's life Genius. it's life in this game like seeing them be able to grapple a weapon and then go invisible and circle around and you know attack with that weapon from behind or you know pick up those um canisters that used to just kind of hang out that Mm -hmm. you could shoot and blow up you can grapple them pick them up and throw them back that's That's they're they're doing some and one of the good stuff to you know elevate the gameplay so it's not that stagnant um you know gameplay that you're expecting you can do things more than one way yeah, and uh, one of the vehicles will definitely encourage that. It's a, a different. It's like a more cargo focused warthog called the Razorback, and you'll be able to store like those explosive fusion coils that you can chuck at enemies and stuff. Nice. So you can outrig yourself, ready to go into these um, enemy forces with that already, instead of having to figure out like, oh, there it is, and grab it. You can just have that right at the beginning. Oh yeah. Nice. All right. It's definitely sounding good. Uh, For sure. Yeah. yeah. December 8th. Can't come soon enough at this point. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so looking forward, um, it turns out you can now... So something when I was purchasing a TV that I was looking for, I, I wanted to be able to play my Steam games on my TV, like let's say in the bedroom. Um so I went with a Samsung TV, which I would never recommend anybody ever hmm. again because I kind of hate that TV. But it can play my Steam games. It, it, I, you can access Steam Link. You can boot it up in there. Um, there's maybe a couple seconds of lag. But I wouldn't recommend playing anything too crazy. Um, but uh, it tampers off and, and becomes pretty much normal um, after, after a few minutes. Um, well, you can now do that. Uh, with the uh, NVIDIA GeForce Now, um, as it turns out. So you can play your Steam PC games on an Xbox with NVIDIA GeForce Now. Um, I did not look at like exactly how this works, but I think you have to... Uh, you probably have to download a, uh, a browser. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, Edge. The Edge browser. Um, finally has some use. <laughs> uh, so, um, that's interesting. Uh, you know, it, it, it's... I don't know. that. That's the thing that I kind of hate, is Xbox, they make things incredibly friendly for you to be able to get your games, like, on your phone or on your tablet or whatever. Um, right. But for Steam... And you know your PC games, it's it, it's always a workaround. You like if I want to play my PC games on my like let's say TV in the bedroom, even with Steam Link on there, I have to come into the living room. I have to turn on my PC. I have to load it up to a special screen, and then go into the bedroom, and I have to like load up the Steam Link and connect to that PC. 
And there's always a second of troubleshooting, walking back and forth between the two rooms. And at that point, it's, like, ultimately not worth it. Like, I don't even want to do it at that point. Because I've done so much walking it's back so and forth. It's so much work. Yeah. yeah. I, I might as well have just came down and sat down, and, you know, in, in at my PC. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's really something that uh, should be worked on. And I think, um, you know, we have the um, Steam Deck coming up. I, I wonder how that's going to change that landscape. Well, something to also note was after I saw this story, the same um, reporter for this was sharing stories that people were trying this with the PlayStation titles that were released to Steam, like Horizon and uh, Uncharted, and they were being blocked from being able to do this on Xbox. <laughs> Or at least here in the in the United States, I think in other regions people were able to do it. But as far as here in America goes, people were being blocked from being able to access the PlayStation games that have been released to Steam. Wow, that's interesting. I I find it funny, especially in light of like all the XCloud stuff where people are pairing up uh, PlayStation controllers to their computers and phones and playing. Xbox exclusive tiles with a PlayStation controller and then you have kind of like the opposite here where people are trying to play PlayStation games through Xbox and are unable to do so. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, I, I think I think it's still just something that that time is going to I, I think at the end of this year, hopefully with that Steam Deck like I said, we'll have some sort of like headway on how you guys will be able to play right. your Steam games, right. you know yourself, yep. not at your computer. All right, uh, so fun little bit. Um, I know I was kind of complaining about this uh, that they're like, "Hey, we're gonna up the Nintendo Switch Online without actually doing anything better for the online, except N sixty four Genesis games and like yep. a pack for Animal Crossing." <laughs> it's like, is that worth? like 20 or 30 dollars more a month i do not think so um so here we are n64 games for switch online they're having a couple issues <laughs> uh so the issues kind of focus on specific games so this game has these issues this game has these issues um yeah, obviously uh, Ocarina of Time is going to be one of the big hit games, probably one of the first games, uh, top three that people are going to go to first. Um, they were doing some side-by-side, -side, and it looks like for optimizing these games, they've done some different things with, like, textures. Um, it, it It's basically... Um, well, the the article that we're reading through here says screenshot shared on Twitter shows a Nintendo Switch Online version doesn't look uh, the same compared to previous versions with difference in draw distance, water texture, and fog. Um, mm -hmm. Let's see here. I'm gonna click on these tweets just because I saw. Um, okay, so that looks like 64. Yeah, it looks like they just kind of like updated the graphics a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, huh, yeah, just it, it looks, it just does look a little bit weird. Um, yeah, 
It doesn't like look the like texture. the textures mapped the way that they were supposed to. Yeah, and it looks like they removed that that fog distance in some cases, like altogether. Yeah, which definitely uh, definitely does not make it look as good as what they probably were hoping to do. At right, least to right. me, anyways. Right. Um, so, kind of minor things there, but. Uh, stuttering input lag and frame rate issues also seem to plague multiple games from Ocarina of Time even into like Super Mario 64 and Mario Kart 64. Mm -hmm. um, so that sucks. Yeah. Uh, I imagine these are you know the the input and the in the lag and everything. You know, there's a lot of multiple factors that can lead to something like that, and I assume that that's something that they're going to work on. I assume, or at least look into. Yeah, yeah. Um, but. Like I said, I really feel like Nintendo's like, we could make a lot more money off of our online. Let's just throw some stuff out there that we've been holding back. I could yeah. see them not doing anything about this at all. Um, yeah. 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 Same reason yeah. I'm not, uh, not buying Nintendo, it, you know? Basically, right. yeah, Nintendo continues to be bad at this thing they're bad at. Well, yes. like, the sort of the story here. The big thing that I saw with this was issues with like controller button mapping and layout and stuff because they try at least when you're trying to play with a non that n64 controller that they released for this that yeah. the way that the buttons were laid out for the n64 you had i believe it was six on one side and now the way that they have it set up is like x and y take the place of two of the c buttons and then the triggers take the place of the other two buttons. And oh in some cases, because you have this change of ergonomics in your control scheme, it's made some games kind of unplayable is what I've been able to pick up from this. Granted, I haven't had personal uh -huh. first-hand experience on it, but this is what I've been reading so far. And this has been... I, right. And the fact that they don't let you map uh, your controller layout personally i think has been a big complaint too for the um these n64 games is that they don't let you map which buttons are going to do with which either it is like this is how it is and you're going to take it or leave it yeah right. yeah i can't imagine doing the like the ocarina stuff with like a, a switch you know what i mean right yeah. it just feel weird all right well We'll see. We'll see what here they we do. Go. This but, next news story just puts me right back on the soapbox. Yep, here he is. Ladies and gentlemen. This motherfucker. So CEO, mm -hmm. Activision Blizzard, Bobby Kotick. That's him. Who everyone on Earth universally despises. Um, basically, he has um, kind of like succumbed to some staff demands ahead of time. So you can tell that Activision Blizzard is in like full damage control mode. We've been talking about this for months at this point. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, basically, the main thing that he's done is he's waived the uh, what do they call it? The um, mandatory arbitration. Yeah, mandatory uh, mandatory arbitration <laughs> within the company. So basically, they've gotten rid of the built-in um, like if. The, if you determine as an employee that the company is doing something wrong to you 
and you want to do any kind of legal action against your employer, you have to use the company's lawyers to do that. Right. You sign away so like, your right to be right. able to pursue this on a criminal basis on your own. Uh, exactly. So the company gets to decide if the company did anything wrong. Like, it, how people ever think that that's going to work out is like i, I simply amazing. would not join a company with that built in like but unfortunately it, too many we are going to abuse you yeah unfortunately too many of these companies have that and so it's kind of been a, it's normal yeah it, it's been an yeah. industry standard that this is what you're going to do if you want to work for these people and they've been able to hold that over the heads of any would-be employees mm-hmm. yeah um uh, one of the things that they call out is um, they're implementing like a zero tolerance harassment policy. Um, so they've what they're saying basically is like, in the past, um, you know, we have, when we discovered and substantiated harassment, we terminated some employees, other employees were provided verbal or written or other disciplinary actions. In retrospect, um, this approach is not adequate. We need tougher rules and consistent monitoring across the entire company. Um, so we're activating, you know, that's where they talk about the zero tolerance policy, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're increasing the percentage of women and non-binary people in our workforce by 50%. That means nothing. Um, it's one of those things where, like, you know, yes. oh, look, we included a person of color on our board in, like, the inclusion zone. It, like, doesn't really mean anything. And that's a dangerous thing, too. Like, I remember working for retailers and then being like, oh, and, you know, unless they're female, throw all the other ones to the side. Doesn't matter right. if they it, like it, if it they want it. It does create this kind it, of it's bullshit. A problem. Yeah. 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 And it, it also just opens you up as a target because now, well, we've just artificially said that we will employ, uh, you know, 20% of our staff will be women, regardless of skill level, regardless of ability. Like, the, the problem is, if you look at your company and realize only 5% of your employees are women, that, that proves that there's either you have a problem, your industry has a problem, or for some reason women are not being drawn to this. Yeah, they're not which interested. means that either you or the industry has a problem. And that, and that should be where it should start. How do we draw right. people to this? Not, right. hey, how no do we let women happens, know they would be safe here? Not, how do I create a woman out of thin air to take this job I was going to give to my cousin? Um, so they're, they actually respond to that intelligently, which is a first, I think, in the game industry, where they say, um, in, you know, in relation to this, we are going to, uh, invest $250 million over the next 10 years, 25 million a year, Mm. in initiatives that foster expanded opportunities in gaming and technology for underrepresented communities. So basically, um, you know, we're going to make it so that more women and non-binary and whatever people are interested in even joining our company to yeah, begin with. make it approachable. Probably create some right. STEM programs and stuff like that that focus on like coding and game development. Right, right. Sure. Which is a smart move. Good enough. Um, yeah. So, you know, they're uh, trying, basically. Yeah. But uh, in a, a big part of this, too, is that uh, talking about pay equity, uh, the company is continuing to look at pay equity that in fact, our analysis in the U.S. showed that women at the company, on average, earn slightly more than the men for comparable work, which, of course, doesn't mean anything. Um, especially when your company's only like 5% uh, women or whatever. So, um, 
So the final thing is that Bobby Kotick is going to cut his salary to the lowest legal base pay salary in California law, uh-huh. um, which is $62,500 a year. And uh, this is, of course, right after he took a $1.4 million uh, bonus this year, so that means nothing. Yeah. It's like, I, I'm going to cut myself to the lowest amount that I could possibly get while right. giving myself basically a year's worth of salary right before. Right after, yeah, this is literally right after he reaches his hand into the company pot. Well, that's so great. Like, and let's be honest with ourselves. Like, he has taken enormous bonuses over the last, you know, several years. Sometimes multiple bonuses yeah. a year. Yeah. So like, it's, it's not, not even like a drop in the bucket. Exactly. No. But he has said to withhold any bonuses to him as well. well for yeah, the I mean, future. I'm pretty, but like, this like is a man who's well off. <laughs> yeah. Sir, yeah. sir, your plate is already full. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, we're going to need you to... I know it's an all-you-can-eat buffet, but we're going to need you to finish that. We need first. you to stop. <laughs> right. Jesus. It's so, amazing. You know, it's, it's something. Um, some of the people that were in, like, a blizzard employee group not a union mm-hmm. um some of them were talking about how they see this as a huge win the binding arbitration thing is like the number one thing to throw out so uh again this is just like trying to undercut the possibility of a union being formed so not really surprising right um and then following right piggybacking off of that as activision blizzard as the, the company kind of com- loses support in a major way um, is continuing to lose like morale and uh, a lot of like when you lose the like hardcore fanboys that's when you know you're fucked mm-hmm. and uh, they're continuing to that their fan base of support is collapsing with uh, to the extent that they're having to cancel BlizzCon for this year um, so BlizzCon or for next year I should say so BlizzCon yeah, 22 was going to take place in February it was going to basically be virtual with a couple of small in-person gatherings they're gonna go ahead and push that off yeah that's smart so i think that's smart yeah it's not like they have anything to mention anyways probably no i Um, i I feel like um even with like overwatch 2 that's been kind of like break glass in case of emergency we'll give this kind of thing because we don't have anything else going on yeah yeah that's that's how it looks they do have diablo 4 up the old sleeve as well um yeah I don't. I don't know if they have anything StarCraft happening or World of Warcraft happening, but I can't say I've heard anything on that. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I, I feel like they do have some things. They they can come back from this. I, I yeah. at, at this point, surely. Um, yep. They're starting to prove. Me but they wrong. have to. Yeah. I mean, they they have to they have to hit those like big games you know they have to stop waiting 12 years before the next like diablo you know right Mm -hmm. well i would also go as far to say is that they need to go back into small games too because i feel like they've been consolidating their development focus to just call of duty and then the big blizzard titles because right um oh yeah i mean remember toys for bob who was behind the remasters for spyro they got absorbed into the whole call of duty development cycle yeah, and yep. and before them, you know, Raven Software for you know like like the Marvel, um, Raven like the X Men Legends Ultimate games, Alliance. Ultimate Alliance, Star Wars and, Jedi Outcast, 
Yeah, all yeah. of these guys that used to work on these things that are just I mean they're 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 gone. They're yep. they're making skins now at this point or you know whatever. No, that's yeah. that's what it is is to support um their their uh Wow, I'm struggling the to remember that. Call of Duty Warzone. That's what I'm trying to think of. The Warzone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, their Battle Royale. Yeah. All right. So, you know, very mixed news coming from that. It looks like they're trying to move in the right direction, but Bobby Kodak's still kind of an asshole, and, yeah. uh, and BlizzCon's There's still room to still room to improve. Right. As always. So and, uh, we have rolling right along. Let, let's hit yeah. another major one. Yeah. So the some of the response to that basically has because Blizzard is kind of you know doing this kind of self owned to avoid a bigger defeat. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they they've the, had to with the attention that they've gotten from the U.S. government yeah. and the state of California, and I think yeah. that's why in this next one, this one has been able to be flying under the radar because they haven't been receiving this attention. Right. Yeah. So Ubisoft is still definitely facing major um, problems, some pretty damaging allegations and stuff that are out there um, from a lot of their leadership, which is not a good sign. Um, they had to move a lot of their company leadership around. Um, so following that, basically, um, the Ubisoft employee group, again, not a union, um, has basically said, okay, look, um, you know, in 16 months since Ubisoft was forced to take uh, limited action following public posts on Twitter, you talk about your strategic roadmap for change at HR, but we have yet to really see those things play out. So they're just kind of like, okay, look, we have this precedent now, and yeah. we're going to become massive cunts if you guys don't like make a move on this precedent. And if you don't like it, you can talk to Bobby Kotick. Yeah, like we're 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 calling bullshit on your bullshit. Right. So, like, fix it or, you know. Or we're going to start. Or fear the internet. (laughs) Because a lot of the stuff that has been going on with Ubisoft has actually, at least as far as awareness has gone, has predated everything that's been going on with Activision Blizzard. But it's been able to fly under the radar because it hasn't seen the legal attention that Activision Blizzard has had. And because of that, progress in trying to resolve these issues hasn't been anywhere near as effective as what it has been for Activision Blizzard and the employees are getting frustrated because they keep being told trust the process, trust what we're doing but they're seeing no actual change from it they're, they're, it's a lot of, right. they're upset with a bunch of empty promises is what's going on and so I definitely foresee that the workers at Ubisoft will probably hopefully take the same approach as what Activision Blizzard employees have been doing, staging walkouts and garnering you know, actual consequences to the company to force them to make the changes so that way the, these issues no longer continue to exist. Yeah. And, and with those, you know, with the proper changes, I think Ubisoft stands to be one of the more comfortable companies to work at mm. barring those changes you know barring um you know putting some of these things in because their i mean their workflow as far as workflow goes is successful and i, I like i said comfortable um 
Well, know. it's interesting because, like, as a primarily French country, they have a lot more, like, built-in worker protections and stuff. Mm-hmm. But then we do see these... Uh, I, I wouldn't say it's because it's French, the negatives. But, you know, it's like they, they do still have this harassment problem that's just kind of rife in the industry. And it's because the people that get into working in video games, obviously, are people who like video games. Why else would they do it? And there is this kind of, like, um, frat house mentality that we hear about at a ton of studios. Yeah. And it, it's kind of like, man, we really haven't uh, improved on this in, you know, the 30 years that video games have been a viable career path for, like, a mass amount of employees. It's just really odd that uh, we're still seeing the same issue. Right. But I think so. maybe a com- a social commentary could be made that this kind of thing is not maybe specific to just this industry. It's just it's as oh, it's profound in this industry because of the how much attention it gets um especially on an indiv- independent developer basis. But mm-hmm. uh I think in general what especially with what we're seeing with a lot of uh, what we're coining here, the great resignation of the last few months, is that people are getting fed up with uh, unfair and just un- unacceptable workplace uh, environments, and so people are ta- you know doing what they can to try and improve that because after the last year and a half, two years, where we were in, we were forced into this mentality of for a lot of us to reevaluate what is important for us as far as career, personal life, that kind of thing, people are re- mm-hmm. really starting to garner more strength in demanding better from their employers and their employment environment and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll see. Yeah, what, so... We'll see what comes of that. You know, we'll see what. Um... If, if these you know the, these these comments that have been being made if, if it does spawn them to take action like maybe sooner than they wanted to or if they're like maybe they thought it wasn't as like serious or something mm-hmm. um, I hope so but I have a feeling that it's probably going to continue this course until more extreme action is taken by the employees things like walkouts yeah. mm-hmm. and maybe even potential legal issues for Ubisoft. To, because that's what it comes down to at the end of the day, that Ubisoft is just like any other company. Their main focus is, their main responsibility, responsibility legally is to make money for the company, for the shareholders. Exactly. And sure. so unless they see a consequence that affects that responsibility, they won't change until they're forced to. Mm-hmm. Of course. Um, so... If, uh, you know, this downer wasn't enough for you and you were planning to go to PAX South, uh, don't. Because yep. PAX South has been canceled for the foreseeable future. Basically yep. just straight cut. Um, yeah, and they, they kind of talk about how, like, they first started PAX South in 2015 when, like, PAX was sort of, I don't want to say at its height because it it's not necessarily true, but yeah, it, was it started really thing. growing. Yeah. Um, they're moving into these multiple other cities. I think they say that they do it in five, yeah, five five cities around the world annually. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot to organize. To be fair, um, obviously they have not done well during the pandemic. 
Um, I went to probably the last uh, like big PAX event right before the initial lockdown started hitting, and we had just started hearing about coronavirus, and it was like, eh, this kind of seems like it's going to be bad. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I they, they kind of even say, like, you know, the show really hasn't seen any kind of major growth since we started it in 2015. Um, so just because of that and because of COVID-19, we're going to go ahead and just cut it for a while until we think that there's, like, a market. Because this kind of stuff has to grow every year. It really cannot survive by just being... The same as last year. The same as last year, every year. Like, yeah. again, talking about this is a company. They have to make money. Um, they can't really afford to just, yeah, you know... Be stagnant. Sell 20 booths every year. That's it. Right. So, um... And they say, you know, look, we, we would be open to reassessing this in the future, but it is what it is for now. So, yeah. uh, but so finally, some good news. PAX East and PAX West. Um, PAX East, Australia, PAX West. Australia. Um, unplugged. And, uh, unplugged in, in, in uh, Philadelphia, right? Is Philly one? I thought PAX East took care of that. It's Boston. I think, it's in, it's in Boston. In, I think Unplugged is in Philly. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Sure, sounds good. Let's get to the uh, yeah other news. I don't know. I wanted so to say good some, news, but then I was like, wait. Well, this one is, it's, I it's think, kind good, of news good news in general. Um, so because uh, Mark Zuckerberg is determined to create Ready Player One and he doesn't see any downsides of that universe. The Zuck? Um, they're going to go ahead and rebrand Facebook. I think that it's basically they're making a new parent company, kind of like what Google did. Right, well, that's they, what they're doing. They, they acquired a company, right? No. Um, well, they've acquired a lot of companies. Well, yes. Well, they acquired they've a specific acquired, company. But they're rebranding their parent company, overall company, to be Meta. They're still going to have <laughs> Facebook as a service. They're still having Instagram as a service. They still have WhatsApp as a service. What's really funny is in all that announcement, they tout that they created whatsapp and instagram it's like no you guys bought it for an obscene amount of money you guys didn't create that well to be fair they didn't even create facebook right <laughs> i mean it it's it was, really odd it was like, MySpace the whole history with less features i mean well it was it was rate which girl is the hottest at harvard yeah i mean yeah it's really it is really weird and like they've done the typical thing that like microsoft has famously done for 30 years which is if somebody has a good idea, just do that. Yeah, exactly. And like, if we can't buy them, which what they did with Instagram, then we'll just do our own version of and it. And we'll be more successful. Uh, so if anything legally comes up, well, we can just fight it off with money. Yeah, right. Which has worked uh, for a long time. Right. So, but let's be honest. I, guess I can see the this, uh, uh, intent. Yeah, this announcement was to overshadow all the uh, whistleblower leaks Negative. for what's been going on in the company. Yep. But anyways, going to the actual news article in itself. Oculus owners should be a little bit um, happier now that soon they will no longer be required to have to have a Facebook account in order to be able to use their Oculus um, or have to worry about if they delete their Facebook account that they also delete any purchases that they've made that were tied to it. Right. Like how that was, was a huge How weird, is that possible? Um, like how how did someone sit down and go okay, how are we going to do this? Well, we'll make them have a Facebook account. Money. And then tie them that. And it makes sense, <laughs> but how could someone 
consciously go, this is this is the move, and not feel like a fucking scumbag, like scumbag, you know? So my my theory on this is, is that Facebook is supposed to be what they're now envisioning Meta to be, that they would morph Facebook into... Uh, what they now want to try to build towards in the next couple of decades because let's be honest they don't have the technology to create the metaverse that current with the tech that currently exists so they wanted to integrate facebook into everything that they want to own i mean even if you look up your instagram account or whatsapp whatsapp account you'll see the facebook uh, nomenclature there and i believe the move was that they wanted to just integrate and absorb everything into Facebook. And that's what the plan was for Oculus as well. But the problems that arise from this is what happens if you're, say, banned from Facebook because you get spammed with a bunch of complaints or something because, you know, you dared speak up against vaccine misinformation or something. Um, Then you lose everything that you've ever purchased, too. And there's, I know a lot of, um, you know, a lot of people, Facebook is their main gaming platform. For a lot of people in the rest of the world, Facebook is the internet. Yes. Yeah. I mean, in, it, Facebook handles something like a quarter of all internet traffic in the world. It, when you purchase smartphones in other countries, they come pre-installed with Facebook as your main account holder. Mm-hmm. Wow. So it is kind of worrying that, like, again, this is just, it's become so massive that it's not really possible to like you can say no individually to all of facebook's apps and we talk about this a lot with amazon and stuff too Mm -hmm. it's to the point where me individually saying i will poison my facebook algorithm and everything it doesn't actually have any effect right like it doesn't do anything um and it they're just so large now and there's so many people that are required to stick with facebook pretty much yeah, it, it is really worrying that's like all of this stuff is all being tied together like, uh, like and they kind of mention it at the bottom of the article even here if you have an Oculus Quest pretty soon you'll be able to delete this uh, and then they have a link child harming democracy destroying social media <laughs> and obviously I do think I do think some of that is a little um, blowing things out of proportion like yeah, of course you know I can destroy democracy by writing a, a, a Harry Potter follow-up fanfic or something right really wanted but it's not that hard it's not like it's uniquely good at that but facebook's failure to um combat misinformation has been directly tied to things like the genocide of the rohingya in myanmar as well as fueling the civil war that is going on in somalia as well well it's it's like very near to triggering a civil like a religious war in india right i mean uh you know it's it is like Hopefully it triggers a civil war in the United States. I think we got a little too big for our britches, honestly, after World War II. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Jesus it's... Christ. it's um, We'll have to kind of... I don't know. I, I hope that we get somebody in that just becomes, like, a major, like, anti-monopoly crusader. We need Teddy Roosevelt 2.0. Yeah. You know? Didn't have perfect politics, but, you know, in general, the motherfucker didn't miss. With that big-ass stick, you know he didn't. Yeah. Um, my question is, I wonder in this whole meta, several meetings they had, when they were explaining it, how many times Skynet was mentioned. Oh. Yeah, really. And again, in like a good way. 
Like, yeah, they're like they don't they like, don't see the shit, and they're like, oh, this could like potentially end the human race. <laughs> they're like, wouldn't it be so sick if you could force your employees to log into the company work portal, but they were on the moon? Oh, you mean like Skynet? And it's like it's not fucking cool. It's <laughs> stupid and it sucks ass. There's like a hundred VR chats already. I don't understand why every company thinks, hey, I'm gonna do it different, and everybody's gonna love me. And then they do. No, it they're the not. Same. And then they do the exact same fucking stupid shit. <laughs> and if you, I mean, if you watch the trailer, it's one thing to say that, like, okay, meta is stupid. The whole concept is sort of, like, anti-human. No, I think you hit it right on the nose right there. Because, I mean, let's take, you know, let's take a look at what happened this last year and a half with the pandemic. With, um, yeah. you know, physical distancing, isolating in our homes and stuff like that. There was severe, you know, there's severe psychological issues that we are going to be dealing yeah. with for the next several decades because of what we went through in the last year and a half because we right. tried as much as we could with things like online classes for like um elementary you know k through 12 and stuff and it just wasn't as effective as in-person learning it just yeah. time and time and again it was proven that in-person learning is going to be your most effective way to be able to educate people or just connect with people and stuff. Yeah. Because it forces them to stop doing what they're doing. Like, we don't have the attention span to make that happen. Well, there's right. that. And then, I mean, just going on to a physio physiological level here, hu human beings are social creatures. We are socially, you know, our evolution came about through social interaction. A lot of the way that we um, move, speak, is because um, we had to interact with each other it, mm -hmm. at the primal level to be able to get the next kill, to look out for that next predator. That is how we have formed. And so, you know, there's still parts of our mental capability that play into that primal evolution stuff. And we, and so we can't exactly break away from that because, or haven't been able to do so because we haven't been able to create the necessary stimulus to replicate that feeling of being interacting with another person in front of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But don't worry, we'll have a, you know, an, an algorithm that's designed to sell us the cheapest possible t-shirt to replace uh, all human interaction. Right. So no worries. <laughs> it's gonna be like the t-shirts from Idiocracy. I have ProWare on top, and then, uh, yeah. All right. <sighs> Interesting. I guess that's good news. Um, I don't think any of us own uh, an Oculus Quest. I, think, I do. I think, do you? Yeah. Nice. Okay. I can't really play VR because I have, like, deformed eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> so good, good I, I do little short stints. I'm really interested in VR. Um... But uh, I really can't, like, dedicate a, a lot of time to it or anything. Yeah, like, I've, one of my friends, he, he uses it for 3D modeling. Mm -hmm. Like, for testing things that he's modeled on his computer. And then, as well, I think for physical sculpting. I it's think, good at I that. I think that's about it. I have a friend who actually has um, the, the wireless Oculus, the, um, the Oculus Quest. And I've tried it a couple of times. And it's pretty cool, but... It's fun. Yeah, it, it's... Yeah, it's a. To me, it feels like another peripheral for things like gaming, kind of like you know your Guitar Hero guitar or something like that. It's. 
I haven't adopted the vision of like this is where gaming needs to go. Yeah, it's just not. It still has not created that killer app. Right. Um, they have. They have not come up with a way to differentiate it significantly from. Yeah, the Connect. Like it, it's. I think the Connect is a good example. It's a really powerful tool. The Connect is like one of the best motion sensors like peripherals in oh the yeah world. they use like, it it's extremely good it's more sophisticated than the they use one. it for mapping and modeling at nasa itself like they're using xbox yeah. connects it's really kind of funny so, when you think about that yeah the connect is like a really powerful really interesting tool they just never thought of the the key thing to do right. with it which i don't even know what i don't even be, know right? yeah like, i can't think of what that would be I think the thing with VR is to to make things that are not like a traditional idea of a game, right. right? But to come up with like what is something that you can only do in a 3D, like think about the idea of doing like um, strategy, like tactics games where you literally grab things with your hand and move. Them I'm around. also thinking of like, games like uh, Keep Talking and No One Explodes, like these puzzle games where you're working with another. Yeah. You have one person isolated working with the bomb, the other person's giving you instructions, and so you're trying to do that. Yeah. yeah, or something something evolving. I don't know why I immediately go to like a horror setting. Oh, I was about to say that myself. VR is great yeah. for horror. Yeah, so you know something that, like I, I think of something like Outlast, but evolving dependent on your decisions. Right. Um. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's there, but we just you know the ideas are there, but I don't know if we can. Like we're just getting a handle on the technology itself, right? And a big part of the problem, too, there is that there's not really the market to be able to, I don't know, to be able to, like, sell, to, to be able to sell the investment that would be required to make, like, an adaptive, you know, learning AI. Mm -hmm. Like, your what is an extremely good selling, um, so let's look at, like, Beat Saber sales. Um, so Beat Saber probably the best selling vr game and, and i can't even I, I can't even yes. consider anything close to that it's only sold four million which is good mm -hmm. but nothing compared to like uh let's see let's see a uh, call of duty <laughs> uh my warfare 3 was a big selling one let's see game rant yeah, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 sold 6.5 million copies in 24 hours. Yeah. Uh, Beat Saber has sold 4 million copies over its lifespan of several right. years. So well, I it's just... The, the, that's the best-selling VR game that, as far and as... And I, I think know. part of that is so because, I, like, yeah. on top of... I mean, let's say it's a video game is an expensive... Video gaming is an expensive hobby. And now you're adding more stuff that you have to buy on top of... Um, you know a rig that you granted the quest you can do on its own and that's a 300 dollars price point last i think i saw on best buy so that's about equivalent yep. to a switch so yep. in that sense it's a console but with the behavior of a peripheral. right so like I, I do see that people don't see the the investment math lining right there, you know but like if you want experiences They're like right. i don't I'm thinking of like maybe flight simulator where you do still need like a PC rig and then hook it up to that. That was a pretty cool experience that I got to try with it, but even then uh -huh. it's still a peripheral to me. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's unrealistic for a normal person. No, I mean they're doing really good things. One of my favorite things that I've done with VR is um, I went to a 
military and simulation convention. And the things that they're doing with it to be able to test, like, weaponry and things like that is, um, is crazy. Um, they have, uh, they have several different systems set in there. One of them, um, is to test out, uh, things like rocket-propelled grenades. So you pick up something that simulates, like, uh, like some sort of, like, rocket launcher, and you put on the headset, and it, it's to, you know, train accuracy, um, it has appropriate weight and function, like functional buttons on this basically rocket launcher controller mm-hmm. that you have. That yeah. that thing was wild. Um, and they were simulating a like war games where they have like a helicopter on one side of the the floor. They have like um, anti air on the other side. Uh, I think they had like. Um, yeah, like the helicopter, the uh, entire like um, cockpit and everything, completely screens, completely three sixty. So even in your like peripherals, you can still see screens and things like that. Right. Um, they had like a tank one, and they had it running in a simulation where everyone was playing on the same map. Mm. Um, so that was that was really interesting. The, like helicopter one, you like physically had to like flip switch and the. Uh, like switches and and control everything and you know there was a dude kind of sitting next to you telling you hey this is what we need to do yeah um it was really really advanced and i think that was some of the coolest and best use that i've ever seen uh like deepest use of something like vr yeah it sounds like vr even though it's been something that has been going on for quite a while it's still in its early stages of development and i think that's also part of the thing that's factoring into this for at least on the commercial market side for sure all right let's wrap this show up we have two more um quickies yeah i mean i I don't know if this is for (laughs) for you austin uh but um a fortnite skin is on the way in league of legends uh crossing over to coincide with uh netflix arcane series release um they found that via like a data mining leak. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. Uh, is, is, are they? I wonder if they're doing anything the other way. Putting something into like because, one of the well, yeah, league games. Yeah, like uh, it looks like we're getting. Um, let's see next week. Fortnite. It's just as Fortnite X or you know Fortnite Cross League of Legends. Um, yeah, so they're they're definitely doing like they're trying to raise awareness on the the show coming out because it's kind of coming out in a weird spot. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think they are going to release a bunch of League of Legends skins and stuff. Okay. Um, to coincide with the show, probably some free ones if you watch it within the first you know whatever I don't know. Sure, sure. The um, end of each episode, put a code at the end <laughs> that people can unlock a skin. In the middle of the credits that you can't like skip to, you have to watch the credits to see it. Yeah, God dear. <laughs> so that's something that's coming up, um, and another just kind of like weird accusation that we were like, wait, that's accusation. Oh, a- 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 okay, love that. You accused, yeah. but you that's acquired. Right. Yes. Okay. J'accuse. Uh, yeah. So, po- the the owners of. Uh, or PUBG um, owners purchased 
the Subnautica develop uh, developers uh, unknown worlds, um, which yeah, caused so it's like the... us to go like, wait, what do those have to do with each other? Right, and then when you when you actually dig into the article, um, so Crafton Inc. is the owner of the developer that made Battlegrounds. So Blue sure. Hole is who made Battlegrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, LOL. Upcoming AAA title, The Callisto Protocol. So they also own PUBG Studios, mm-hmm. which was made to manage PUBG as Blue Hole is allowed to go do something else. Uh, Blue Hole, obviously. Striking Distance Studios, Rising Wings, and Dream Motion. So... This is their fifth, uh, or this is their sixth, joining their roster of five, um, including one which is just meant to float PUBG throughout the rest of time. So, um, so is it just basically they're just kind of scaling up into like a full size publisher, pretty much? It sounds like. Yeah, yeah. It looks like they're just trying to kind of diversify what they are, you know, what they have in their portfolio, basically. Right. So uh, that, that's interesting. I, I don't know if it'll change anything for Unknown Worlds. Uh, you know, if, if we should expect anything else out of the Subnautica developers. Um, right. But yeah, just an interesting tidbit to chuck in here at the end. You know, on on a very, I, I would say today this week's news was all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just kind of hit on a bunch of like random oddball things, so some new things, some old things. Uh, so you know, it is a weekend video game news, I guess. Yeah. All right, but that's the show. Um, thank you guys for joining us. As always, you get that chance. Head over to facebook.com backslash Mammoth Games Inc. Check all the top news and video game stuff there. Follow us over on Twitter at Mammoth Games Inc. So you know we go live and do stuff just like this as well. Don't forget to uh, download and uh, check out our monthly show just to see what you're getting with all of your uh, subscriptions um, as well, uh, getting an idea of the things that are coming out throughout the month of November. All right, for Mammoth Games Inc., uh, I'm one of your hosts, Jay. Find me at Night Swarm. With me as always, Austin. Find him at FilterCord on Twitter. And last but not least, Brian Major Potty over on Twitter. Thanks for joining us.